Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in on this week's Led by the Word. We are in 2 Chronicles chapter 21. Uh, before we get started, got to talk about the cups. We ordered these and it took five months? Felt like it. At least. Five or eight months to get here. I don't know. I know it was an extremely long time. But these are 40 ounces mm -hmm. and we're selling them for $25 including shipping. 100% uh, of the proceeds are going to TV time for our fourth quarter and 2024. So if you're interested in one of these, 25 bucks, you can go to our website, Oasis Men's Store, mm -hmm. and they're kind of a big deal on the front page. You'll find them. They're, they're going out like crazy. Actually, I was with a couple of the people that worked here, and we went and got coffee in Cleveland, and this young girl there had one of these. And I was like, how in the world did that happen? That's really cool, you know? Right? It was like seeing it in the wild. It seeing it great. in the wild. I didn't recognize her from nothing. So total stranger with an Anthony Wynn Ministries mug. Love it. And if you're like a Stanley Cup girly, these are definitely comparable. I have one and I reach for this one more. And something that kind of aggravated me is that this one comes with like all the cute little attachments. There's like a straw cap. There's a thing to prevent like leaks. And I had to pay extra for that separately with my Stanley Cup. But this came with it and I was like... What now? <laughs> so, I actually like this color immensely better than my other one, but. Dad always likes keeping things as comparable price as possible. Of like course. he wants costs to be low. And I think it's cool we're doing these for 25 bucks. Mitchell here, guy behind the camera, I see him with his all the time. There is just two colors and everyone at the office has one. So we got to start doing some stickers. Mm -hmm. I noticed a couple of us have stickers on them. I'm about to sticker mine up tonight. Mm. For yes, sure. Yes, definitely. Uh, we're going into some fun stuff. Jehoshaphat is already dead at this point. We're in chapter 21. Mm -hmm. Jesse, would you take us through this? Sure. Well, like Micah said, I mean, the chapter starts off with saying, you know, Jehoshaphat sleeping with his fathers, which is KJV version 4. He's super dead. He dead. <laughs> He's with the ancestors now. <laughs> we, we're done. And if we kind of remember from last um, Led by the Word podcast, Jehoshaphat did a lot of good. But he also did a few things where he kind of relied on himself more than God. And it comes back on him in his lifetime and also his son, whom we're talking about today. His son's name is, I'm, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing this correctly, Jehoram. So Jehoshaphat did all this stuff for the Lord. Jehoram kind of flips the switch. Remember, we, we kept doing that back and forth, good king, bad king, good king, bad king, which I would call Jehoshaphat, decent king, did some bad stuff, did some good stuff. So he, Jehoram, Jehoshaphat's son, uh, brought back Baal worship which if you remember is like a big deal in the Old Testament, like they keep coming back to Baal worship and then leaving it. In verse four um, of chapter 21, yeah, I had to flip the page too. Now when Jeroham was risen up to the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and slew all of his brethren with the sword and divers and also the princes of Israel. So why he did this is so no one else could challenge the throne, right? Even though Jehoram was the firstborn, he had right to it. Jehoshaphat even set him on the throne. Like, this is the son. This is who I've set aside. Jehoram's like, you know what? Just in case, let me just kill my bros real quick. Like, that's so dirty. It's horrible. He's, he's read the scrolls of David and his sons. He's like, these guys are wild. Everybody wants the crown. Everybody wants the chair. Yes. And so we just, to me, that just, it was almost shocking when I read it. I was like, whoa, 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 what are we doing? Um, in verse 6, we read that he was like Ahab, for he had the daughter of Ahab to wife. If you remember, this marriage was set up by his father, Jehoshaphat. It was like to strengthen the nation. Back then, they would give their children in marriage to kind of unify and make ties so they could strengthen and become allies. 
You don't need to be allies with Ahab. Now, help me out here. I am really tired today. Ahab's wife was Jezebel. Yes. Okay, so he married Jezebel's daughter. Yes. Okay. She I'm has like, actually like a really pretty name. I'm not sure how to say it. Athelia? Athelia? Yeah, you, you don't want to sign up linkage with Jezebel and Ahab's kids. And what kills me is Jehoshaphat like kind of makes deals with Ahab. Remember they were going to go to, they went to war together and that's ultimately how Ahab died. So he made that alliance with himself, but he did this for his son. It's like you set your son up for failure by setting him up with this man's daughter. Like, why would you do this? And it just goes to show you, you need to be careful who you're yoked up with, not just in relationships, but who you let into your personal life. This guy, I mean, there's no one closer than your spouse, just speaking from experience. And Mike and I talk about that when we have bad days and someone comes in the door with our, you could feel it off of each other because you're used to each other, you know, you're Mm -hmm. used to each other's spirits. This person is letting his wife drag him straight to hell like because she has the closeness you know she was into Baal worship and I'm not saying that he would have not done that if he had married someone else but I am saying you got to be careful who you let influence into your life and you really need to be careful who you're putting into your children's lives we see this a lot not necessarily in ministry but just in churches where people are like well I want my kid to be the good influence and then they just throw their kids into the like wolf pack and I'm like I don't know. Like, I understand the sentiment, but prayer does a lot more than just sacrificing your kids and putting them in situations that maybe they're not ready for. I just really, it gets on my nerves that Jehoshaphat did this to his son, where he was like, you know what, instead of relying on the Lord to strengthen my kingdom, which he got reprimanded for verbally, he's like, I'm going to just strengthen it this way. It'll be fine. It'll work out. And then, of course, his son falls into shambles. Well, acting out any decision in fear never pans out. No, and the, yes, he was in fear. You're the right. Bible talks about the spirit of fear. You know, this this is a real tangible thing. Mm-hmm. Fear isn't just a fake emotion. Fear isn't just something that we feel and it comes and goes. Fear is an actual spirit, and there's a always, always a tactic behind that spirit. And, and right here, the tactic is kingdom destruction. Right. Right here is if you feel fearful and you're like, you know, God's not got you. Let's put this on ourselves. Let's be insecure and say, well, I don't know if God's got this. I have to take care of all this. I have to make these decisions to build these, you know, unilateral walls to protect us. And by doing that, he's making bad decision after bad decision. And he's entering into a spiritual warfare that he's losing. Yeah, and a physical one because in verse 10. (laughs) Physical one, yes. (laughs) In verse 10, it says the Edomites revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. And it says, because he had forsaken the Lord God of his fathers. I like how the Bible does not even leave it up to interpretation, as sometimes the Bible does. He's like, this is a direct cause of his actions. Like, you do bad, you receive bad here. This is bad. Right? Uh, in verse 11, um, it says that, moreover, he, we're still talking about Jehoram, if I could say his name right, uh, made high places in the mountains of Judah and caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to commit fornication and compelled Judah thereto. Now, we're not sure if that's like, physical fornication or spiritual fornication. Either way, it's really bad. It's like not good. Like, and you see this, the king is kind of like a, is the leader, not a spiritual leader necessarily, but they do. They kind of turn the tide of, are we going to worship the one true God or are we just going to invite all these other gods or like Baal? Like we see that almost at the beginning of each reign. So he influenced the nation to, you know, go away from God. And in verse 12, Elijah, um, tells him that he's going to face judgment for this. He said, Thus saith the Lord God of David thy father, because thou hast not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat thy father, 
nor in the ways of Esau, king of Judah, but has walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and has made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to go a whoring, like the whoredoms of the house of Ahab, and also has slain thy brethren of thy father's house, which were better than thyself. Behold, with a great plague will the Lord smite thy people and thy children and thy wives and all thy goods. And basically, they die a very horrible, slow, painful death from this plague. It's just, I'm like, okay, cause and effect here. Like, you know, you're facing the consequences of your own actions. And it's it's horrible. Did you want to say anything else before we move yeah, on to this? Yeah, I, I was trying to find this where the verse is in Genesis in the 40s somewheres. And he tells them, out of the scepter of Judah. And, and we come down in Revelations, he talks about out of the scepter of David. You know, we get Christ. Christ is born out of the lineage of David. Right. And verses 6 and 7 out of 21 actually hit me the best. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, like as did the house of Ahab. For they had the daughter of Ahab to wife and wrought uh, that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. I know you already touched on that. Mm -hmm. Evil. But verse 7. How be it, the Lord would not destroy the house of David. Because of the covenant he had made with David, and as he promised to give a light to him and to his sons forever. Mm -hmm. Still grace, still mercy. Yeah, I actually I like kind of reread this last night, and I was like, Mike is definitely going to talk about verse seven. I feel that I'm gonna leave that for him. See, that's what <laughs> you're, you when you're close as a spouse, that's you know, the spouse thing. you know. <laughs> I don't know that verse it hits, and that's one of those. I call, I tell Jesse this, they're called the emotional verses to me. I'm like, look at God. Look at how he does. Look at how he cares. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, this is my Cohen verse. Go ahead. Take yeah. us. <laughs> so um, after Jehoram dies really horribly, they actually make his youngest son, Ahaziah, um, the king instead. And he also does wickedly. But verse 3 tells us that he did so for his mother was his counselor to do wickedly i think uh as a, if i could speak as a mother sometimes we don't understand the influence we have of our household micah tells me this all the time and i'm like whatever these kids running all over me like you know they're just gonna do their own thing but they're not i and i'm in my mind i'm like what kind of mother would influence a son to do something wickedly well one a mother that's not following the lord obviously and two i think it goes back to your fear spirit she was so in need of control and a control spirit also comes from a fear spirit because you're worried about what's going to happen here i got to take control of this and of that and of this mm -hmm. it um, follows right after it. that fear comes control comes instantly next of how you can manipulate or grab something yeah and again we see that there was some slaughter of anyone that might inherit the throne like rightfully she had him like completely murdered um and then we move down to i don't know how to say this name i'm so sorry jehoiada he kind of led a revolution against Athalia. Remember the pretty name? The wife Ahab's mm -hmm. daughter, right? So they recognized Joash as king. So they drug the mother out of the temple and killed her. If you read this, it's like some sort of creepy drama. Like, I'm like, is this real life? Like, so basically, they recognized Joash as king. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she hears everyone being so excited in what I think is the temple or somewhere or their meeting. And she goes in there and is like, do, 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 what's going on here? Sees them recognizing this man, young, young man as king. And she starts screaming, treason, treason. And so they're like, well, kill her, but not here. This is holy ground. Drag her out. I'm like, 
what is going on? Like, it's so interesting. I would and like crazy. to visually see that play out, to be honest. I don't, oh my goodness. Like, I couldn't imagine. And how much hate did this woman have to be like, see this little boy? He was a little boy being like anointed as king, basically, and be like, ah, oh, this whole country's against me. It's like, you need help. You need deep help, woman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but in verse 21, it says, um, I'm, I'm in chapter 22, by the way. Mm hmm. It says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in chapter 23. And the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet after they had slain Athalia with the sword. So that was Jehoram's wife. And it's just like, when the evil is purged from the land, the people rejoice. There's like a spirit of liberty. There's like, yes, we're going back. We're doing the right thing. It's, I just, I couldn't imagine the hate in her heart. That's like, that really sticks with me. Um, if I can move to 24. Let's go to 24. Okay. It gets better now. Yeah, it, it does get a little it gets better. better now. So Joash was a little boy. He was seven years old when they were like, this is the rightful king. Right? Okay. And verse 2 of chapter 24 says, And Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehada the priest. And if you remember, he was the guy that kind of started the revolution and all this stuff. So verse 4, And it came to pass after this that Joash was minded to repair the house Amen. of the Lord. Did you want to speak on that? I, I, I just think uh, we do this a lot in Sunday school. And I, I always tell them, and, it, and I'm not even citing this verse, but it's, it doesn't matter how young you are. You can be the repairer of the house of the Lord and your family. Because if you go back far enough, you're going to find gospel somewhere. Oh, yeah. Because you may say, well, my, my dad wasn't a Christian. You may go back and say, my grandmother wasn't a Christian. If we go back far enough, we'll find Christianity somewhere in your life. You can be the one that says, I want to repair it, my family. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing. You'd be like, I, it stops with me, and Christianity is rebirthed right here with me. That definitely resonates with me, because I always thought that I came from what I affectionately call a long line of heathens. Uh, because, like, Micah's family, obviously, has been in ministry for generations, and my family is obviously not. And so I always kind of thought that. And then my grandmother was talking about, I think it was her grandfather, was like a super well-known minister in the area and well-loved. And I was like what <laughs> like us and sure enough and then you know my grandfather's parents like started the first non-catholic church in their area and i'm like this is insane like we never talk about this like this is really cool so yeah her or can we say it yeah it's Your, okay her great-grandfather built the first uh non-denominational church in peru at least in that area in that yeah which area. is super super amazing okay. and as you guys know uh, Mexico and South America, extreme Catholicism. Yeah, it was kind of really bold of them. I'm always like, wow, yeah. I bet that was scary. <laughs> such, such a great accent. I mean, anyway, I, I'm a tangent, but isn't that awesome? All right. And I love that Joash, it, I love the way it is worded. It, he was minded to repair the house of the Lord. So he had to get this in his mind. It was a whole mindset, a whole thing of, we're going to repair the house of the Lord. And of course, that can be translated to the spiritual in our lives where, you know, maybe you've been run down, you feel like, you know, I'm not, I don't have that unction to praise the Lord as much as I did, or I'm not going to church as faithfully as I once was, or I'm not reading my Bible like I really should be. Amen. You can take a minute and let the Lord repair you, the temple of the Lord, back to even, even better. You know, it says Job was established twice as much as he had lost, you know, like you don't have to live in the well in the good old days. I was doing this for the Lord and this. Forget the good old days. The better days are ahead of you. If you just Amen. surrender let him build you up. There's, I don't know. I'm feeling really encouraged, which is sad because Joash does not have a great end on that. 
<laughs> in verse 15 of chapter 24, uh, the priest dies, and Joash starts listening to the princes of Judah. And they begin to kind of like poison his brain. Uh, verse 17, chapter 24, it says, Now after the death of Jehoiada came the princes of Judah and made uh, obstinance to the king. Then the king hearkened unto them, and they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and served groves and idols, and wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for their trespass. Hmm. And I'm like, that's, it's like his spiritual leader died, and he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to false gods. And it's like, what, why? I, I wanted you to be a good guy, Joash. What are you doing? You're just going against all of this. So the priest's son, uh, Zechariah, tried to speak the truth and was like, listen, you can't be doing this. You know, you, you've got to return. Remember how it was. And so for him speaking the truth, they stoned him. They just, they, they killed him. And Joash does end up regretting it because he remembers the kindness of his father. But I'm like, you fell so far, like you're so quickly. You ended up killing your spiritual leader's son. Like how? I want to be like, how dare you? <laughs> like it makes me so mad. Um, but then anyway, his own servants end up killing him, and then we start in chapter twenty-five, and with Amaziah, and he did which was right in the Lord, according to verse two, but not with a perfect heart. Also, I had to say this. Mm. Uh, chapter 25, the first verse, and he was 20 and 5. I even noticed that. I don't know. I thought that was great. <laughs> that's nothing to do. I was like, oh, look, 25, and he was, that's like the first four words. Yeah, it is. Uh, I thought that was great. What are you doing? Um, and I think that's really, Micah's dad and Micah himself has always talked about, what are your intentions in your heart? And they're like, that's more important than anything else. And he used to really get on my nerves because the heart is deceitful, right? Verse what, 2 is awful. That's but... what the Bible says, right? But I'm like, I don't, it's hard to get your heart right. It's painful. It's tough. You know, you can do all your actions correctly, but if your heart's not right. That's why I see, I look at David what he did was greatly successful. Mm -hmm. the, the beginning of the gathering for the temple, that alone is one of the biggest successes of all time. If you want to talk about spiritually or physically, like that's just cool. But it talks about David, his key wasn't leadership, wasn't he was a warrior. He had a humble and a contrite spirit. And if you read it, verse two, and he did, this isn't David, guys, this is Amaziah, however you say, is that right? I think so. We'll, we'll say Amaziah. I have no clue. And he did that was right in the sight of the Lord. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. It's like, good. Good for him. But there's a comma, but not with a perfect heart. Mm. So you can do the right things, but be prideful and cocky and be doing no good. Right. And I mean, even the New Testament talks about that. If you don't have love, you have nothing. I think in the KJV it says charity, but... Yeah. If, you, if you do all this and amazing things, but without love, which is at the center of who Christ is and, you know, who we're supposed to emulate. But it's hard because sometimes your heart, it's not like it's on your face necessarily all the time. So sometimes it can be hard to sit down and be like, Lord, search me, create in me a clean heart because we don't, it's really hard to be self-objective and see your own actions. <laughs> That's why we are given our spouses. We're given spiritual leaders. We're given people in our lives that can be like, hey, I love you. Check your heart. What's going on here? You know, in so many nice words. Like, 
And you need to thank God when you have those opportunities and not be upset, which I'm still working on, where it's like, oof, I need to work on this and surrender this will to yours so I can become more Christ-like. Uh, self-evaluation shows me time and time again I got plenty, plenty to attack and work on. I, I feel that for myself. Uh, I don't know. I 25 is my chapter of these. I enjoy 25. Yeah? Go ahead. I actually am like, I don't know. It's... Oh, we're coming to Okay. Well, 25, actually, I have it rolled over for next week. Oh, okay. So next week, please tune in with us. We're going to be talking about Uzziah and all sorts of fun stuff in the land of Judah. I cannot wait. Also, I've been following a lot of what's going on with Israel right now. And it's amazing that they're still using some of the same names. They, they were talking about a city. And I was like, wait a second. And I had to go back to my Bible. I was like, is that the same place? It is. Mm. You know, thousand... I don't know. I guess this is over a thousand years ago at this point, and still some of the same names. Super, super cool. That is cool because a lot of, especially ge- geographically, locations have changed. Um, if you guys keep up with the Seekers podcast, that was one of the trivia questions. Was it Ephesus is now Turkey, I believe? So. Uh, when we all, our kids grow up, they're mm-hmm. not going to know about the country of India. It is now Bharat. Oh, yes. That's so crazy. Yeah, India, they're like, they're asking all governments to change their maps as quickly as possible. And I look over and I'm like, uh, we just- <laughs> wall map. It took the team a while to get the big podcast wall map up. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, think about your local places, right? Like we, we live next to a small town and they used to have a big high school. And I was like, where were they hiding this high school? It's the elementary school now. It's right in my face. Like, And then think of the other towns that we know that have been annexed to larger towns and be like, back in my day, and we're only 30. And I, so. I apologize if I said that wrong, but I believe... That's how I'm reading it in my head. Barat. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. No longer India. When they sat at the um, G20, the little prime minister, his name was no longer India. It's official. Time changes. Yeah, but I, I, anywho, that's a tangent. I think it's really cool when you watch uh, current mm-hmm. events and you're like, wait, is that really the same place or is it the same name? Right. It is. Sometimes. That is so really cool. cool. Coming to a close. Thank you so much. Please take a moment to like this and share this. Really enjoying Chronicles. About to hit Ezra. Yes. So close. We're going to hit some prophets. Yes. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs>